Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sabbath School Gems, where each week we showcase key concepts from this week's Seventh-day Adventist Sabbath School lesson. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sabbath School Gems. This is Lesson 9 for the fourth quarter for Sabbath, November 27, 2021, and it's titled Turn Their Hearts, and it's from the quarterly Present Truth in Deuteronomy. Now, the memory verse for this lesson comes from Deuteronomy 4.29. But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. And the theme of this lesson for this week is repentance in Deuteronomy. I'm not going to follow along with the lesson with each day, but hopefully we'll hit some of the main topics for this lesson study. Now, Sunday's lesson starts with that Hebrew word, miyitin. It's translated as if only, sometimes it's translated as oh that. When the children of Israel were murmuring, they said, oh, if only we, we had remained in Egypt. So that's that miyitin. And then in Deuteronomy, in 529, for example, it says, oh, that, me yitten, they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments, that it might be well with them and their offspring forever. So the lesson study says that it's like a strong desire, but I would add that it's strong desire, but it's also a disappointment. You can hear the disappointment, if only, if only we had remained in Egypt. They were desiring it, and they were had some disappointment, some regret, something that was bothering them. And the same thing with God. Oh, that they just had such a heart in them that they would fear me. What is so hard? You can hear the frustration. You can hear the disappointment. What is wrong with these people? I'm trying to give them life. I'm trying to show them how to live and how to be happy. What is wrong with them? Oh, if only they had such a heart. I think that if only is probably a better translation to our modern vernacular. Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments. That's all God asked us to do is to listen to him and he will guide us. And he wanted to guide them. He wanted to not only establish a covenant with them so that they wouldn't listen to any other God or put their intention into anything else. They would just listen to him. And then he was going to dwell with them and teach them statutes and judgments and just continue to teach them how to live and what to do. It wasn't just a one-time download. Okay, here's some items and you just do these and you'll be fine. He wanted us to walk in his ways and he wanted to talk with us and teach us his ways and it would be a, a progressive thing that's what he wants because he knows that's what is going to give us life and that's how we are going to be able to abide with him and his direction is really clear in deuteronomy 5 we read in 31 through 33 i will speak unto you all the commandments the statutes the judgments which you shall teach them that they may do in the land which I give them, and that they will shamar, that's to observe or heed, to do as the Lord your God hath commanded, not turning aside to the right or to the left. And then going on to Deuteronomy 5.33, you shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you, and you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. So here, it's very clear. The choice is very clear. The direction is very clear. God's voice is very, very clear. I mean, there's no other time that he spoke from the mountain with thunderings and lightnings and everything else. And it just seems so clear. And then you can hear 
God's disappointment with what is wrong with us. Like we said before in the lesson said that it was a sin problem. God has to take care of the sin problem, but it's really the hardness of our hearts. It's a, it's a choice problem. We have a problem trusting in God. We have a problem choosing what is right and what is good. And you can hear that in, in this miyitin. Now, Monday's lesson is seek me and find me. And that language that we have for seeking and finding God is really only in Deuteronomy. It doesn't come out in Exodus. Exodus, you recall, is when God comes down and he gives them the commands and he tells them what to do. But in the covenant language is God asking us to make him our one and only God, that we only are going to serve him. But it doesn't use this love language as it does in Deuteronomy. It doesn't use this seek me and find me. And that's because in Exodus, they did go astray. They made the molded calf. But God renewed the covenant with them. But this in Deuteronomy is talking about a time in the future when they will go astray again. And God knew it. How did God know that they were going to go astray and that they would be unfaithful? Well, they were already unfaithful to him. He knew. He knew their hearts and he knew what was going to happen. They were going to get to the promised land and they weren't going to follow him. And we can read that in Deuteronomy 4.25, starting there. It says, When you beget children and grandchildren and have grown old in the land and act corruptly and make a carved image in the form of anything and do evil in the sight of the Lord your God to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that you will soon utterly perish from the land which you cross over the Jordan to possess. You will not prolong your days in it, but will be utterly destroyed." And the Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord will drive you. And there you will serve gods, the work of man's hands, wood and stone, which neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. So he already knew what was going to happen. He didn't say, if you beget children and grandchildren and go astray. He says, when you beget children. And I don't know if that's true to the Hebrew, but the concept is there. He knew what they were going to do. He had it all detailed out. And he also knew what he was going to do and what they were going to do. But from there, you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. When you are in distress and all these things come upon you in the latter days, when you turn to the Lord your God and obey his voice, he will not forsake you or destroy you, nor forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore to them. So here he's saying there will be those who seek him and find him. But here's this language. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. And as I said, that's not, that language isn't in Exodus because in Exodus, it's not projected out that they're going to go astray. But in Deuteronomy, these are the last words looking back at the Exodus and also looking forward. And so that's where we get this language. Now, one thing to point out about seeking the Lord and finding him and and seeking him with all your heart and with all your soul, there seems to be a little bit more effort, doesn't it, when he uses this language. And if you think about it, when Moses went up the mountain the first time, he got the tables of stone that God wrote with his own hand, and he gave them to Moses, and all Moses had to do was bring them down. Now, I don't know if you've ever hiked up a mountain, but it's a lot easier to carry things down than it is to carry them up. And Moses just had to carry them down. But what happened? 
He saw that they had made the golden calf. He broke the tablets. And then the children of Israel were sad because God said he's not going to go with them. So Moses goes up the mountain another time and God says, okay, now you knew you hew the stones and you bring them up to me. And you notice how the second time God did renew the covenant, but there was a little bit more effort. Now Moses had to hew the stones himself and he had to carry them not just down the mountain, but up the mountain. And I think that's just indicative of us seeking God and finding him. He is going to extend the covenant to us, but this time it's going to be those who want to put forth the effort. God put forth all the effort. He brought them out. He led them with a mighty hand. He showed them love. He showed them mercy, even though they were going astray right away, even when he was meeting with Moses on the mountain. And he was putting all his love and all his effort in there. And he wasn't getting returns. But the second time, when he renews the covenant, this time it's going to be those who seek him, who want him, who choose him, who want to put forth the effort to find him. He's not just going to appear and say, okay, here I am now. He is going to be sought after. And it's only going to be those who really want a relationship with him because that's all he wants. He doesn't want it to force us. He doesn't want to include anyone who doesn't want to be included. As disappointing as it is to him, that's how he is. He gives us free choice. And so this language about coming back to him and loving him with all our heart and all our soul and all our strength, that's language is showing the effort. You know, when Moses came down from the mountain with the tables of stone the first time and he saw them disobeying and he saw the golden calf and he saw what they were doing. What did he say? He said, who is on the Lord's side? There's a decision there. And there was a decision and all the Levites went to him. That same decision, that same choice is all throughout the Bible. I mean, in Joshua, it shows up again in Joshua when he says, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Or even go to Joel, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is at hand at the valley of decision. And what is that day of the Lord? It's his hand. Well, in Mark 1.15, it says a time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. So this same theme of this choice all through the Bible. And then you get to the New Testament and you see, okay, what does it mean to love God with all our heart and with all our soul. Well, it's the same thing that it meant in the Old Testament. To love him was to listen to him and to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments. First John 5, 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Second John 1, 6, this is love that we walk according to his commandments. This is a commandment that you have heard from the beginning. You should walk in it. It's the same commandment. It's the same God. It's the same law. It's the same statutes and judgment. It's the same commandments. In Revelation 14, 12, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandment of God and the faith of Jesus. And of course, in Revelation 12, before that, it says the same thing. Here's the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So you see the love of God and the obedience and the hearing and the walking with him and the Shema Kol, 
hearing his voice and not just hearing, but, you know, hearkening to his voice, it's the same thing. It's been that way all throughout the Bible. The Torah is unchanged. The words, the Dabar that God spoke on that mountain way back when, and those words have been preserved for all these thousands of years, and we're reading them today, they're the same words. It's the same commandment, the same statutes, the same judgment, the same covenant proposal. It's always been the same. The covenant proposal, just make me your God. Walk with me. Listen to me. Follow my ways. And he wants to teach statutes and judgments and more and more. He wants to give us more and more knowledge for the day that we live in. You know, he told them exactly what to do for leprosy and for different things that they had. How much more does he want to tell us how to deal with coronaviruses and how to keep healthy and and how to live even though we are surrounded by this mess that we're in and this evil that's around us? Now, the lesson also mentions this word teshuva. And I don't know exactly why the author chose to put that word in because that's not the word that's in Deuteronomy. In fact, it's not even the root of the word. The root of the word is the one that's in Deuteronomy. That's Shub, and that's Strong's number H7725. And that's the one that means turn. Now, Teshuba is a derivative of that, and that's Strong's number H8666. And that means reoccurrence or like a reply. And so I don't know exactly, but that's not the right word. The word is Shub. And it is a turning back. We find that in Deuteronomy 4.30, for example, when it says, when you are in distress and all these things have come upon you in the latter days, when you turn, that's that shub, when you turn to the Lord your God and obey his voice, for the Lord your God is a merciful God, he will not forsake you nor destroy you nor forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore to them. So here he's talking about turning and the turning is not just with us turning back to God, turning back to listening to him and entering into the covenant, but it's also a turning that God does. You can find an example of that in Deuteronomy 13, 17. It says, So none of the accursed things shall remain in your hand that the Lord may turn from the fierceness of his anger and show you mercy, have compassion on you and multiply you just as he swore to your fathers. And why? Well, you go Deuteronomy 13, 18, the next verse. Because you have listened to the voice of the Lord your God. That's because you have Shema Kol Yehovah Elohim. Because you have listened Shema, and that's listen is and hearken to the voice Kol of the Lord Yehovah your God Elohim to keep his commandments, which I command you today, to do what is right in the eyes of the Lord your God. That's the same thing that we see at the end of Deuteronomy 2. In Deuteronomy 30, starting in verse 1, Now it shall come to pass when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God drives you, and you return to the Lord your God and obey his voice, that's Shamakol, according to all that I command you today, you and your children, with all your heart and with all your soul, that the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity and have compassion on you, and gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. If any of you are driven out to the farthest parts under heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you, and from there he will bring you. Then the Lord your God will bring you to the land which your fathers possessed, and shall possess it. 
He will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. And he'll circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. Also, the Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies and those who hate you, who persecuted you. And you will again obey the voice of the Lord, Shema Kol, and do all his commandments, which I command you today. The Lord your God will make you abound in the work of your hands and the fruit of your body and the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your fathers. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if you turn, that's that shub, to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So that's Deuteronomy 30, 1 through 10. And you can see just in those 10 verses, there's three times he says that. In verse 2, you return to the Lord your God and obey his voice according to all that I command you. And in verse 6, the Lord's going to circumcise your heart so that you'll love him with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. And then again in verse 10, if you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book, and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So he's repeating it here so many times. That is the message. That's what repentance means. That's repentance in Deuteronomy, if you want to call it that, is just going back and listening to God because the children of Israel didn't listen to God And then they went on to the promised land, but then they didn't listen to God there. And I look at it, it's like God wanted to have a people and that people would spread the word around. And he did end up having a people that spread the word around. He had to keep them and preserve these people until they could bring in the Messiah and they could preserve the scriptures that we have to this day. So he needed to sustain them. And he had the ordinances set up in the tabernacle for that purpose. So he could dwell with them in the temple and keep them and preserve them because he knew that they were just going to go astray. But see, after Christ came, the covenant is gone out to all the earth The Jews have been scattered and the message has been scattered. And that's when the great harvest comes. So just think of it. If you have seeds planted in a plot of land, there's two ways it can spread. Those plants can just keep spreading out and getting bigger and bigger until you have more and more of it. Or you can take those seeds and you can just scatter them all over the earth. And then you can see where they fall in the fruitful land, the fertile hearts of men and women, where that seed falls and that seed will produce the crop and the harvest. And then God will come and he will take those people who want to Shema Kol Yehovah Elohim, that want to hear his voice and listen to him. And it's not that hard. He says it's right here. It's right in our mouth. It's right in our heart. And you know, it's right here in Deuteronomy. We can read it, and I don't understand why we don't put more weight on what God is saying, because he's saying things that bring us life. He's not trying to box us in or command us or control us like puppets. He's actually trying to communicate with us, 
And why is it so hard? Me yitten. Oh, that they would just hear my voice. It's that simple. So when we think about this idea of repentance, I hope that we think of shub, which is turning, turning to God, and God turning away from the the bad things that will happen when we reject him. And I hope we don't think of it as teshubah. I hope we don't return and keep repeating what the Israelites did when they just kept going after other gods, no matter how loud God got. I mean, he couldn't get any louder than speaking on the mountain. In fact, that's a verse that's often misunderstood in Deuteronomy 5.22. It says, These words the Lord spoke unto all your assembly in the mountain from the midst of the fire, the cloud, and the thick darkness with a loud voice, and he added no more. And people think that means, oh, okay, he wrote these words, and therefore he didn't write any more, so we just have 10 items. And unfortunately, they look at that verse, and they misinterpret it, because when it says, I spoke these words the Lord spoke unto all your assembly in the mountain from the midst of the fire, the cloud, and the thick darkness with a loud voice. Then it says, and he he didn't augment it any more than that. What did he not augment? Well, some people think it's the words, but we know that he spoke more words. We know that he wanted to speak more words to them and continue to lead them. He wants to continue to teach us statutes and judgments. He wants to continue to teach us commandments that we can live by. So we know that it's not the words that he didn't augment, but right before it says he didn't augment it, he's talking about great voice. So really what this text is saying is he spoke with a loud voice, no louder. How can you get any louder than what he spoke. It's never, he's never spoken before that time and he's never spoken as loud since. Now we can say that when Christ was baptized and he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And there's other incidences like when the temple veil was ripped apart and there's different things like that, that God has shown his mighty power. But nothing as significant as when he met with them and wanted to meet with the people directly. He did not want to speak through Moses. He wanted the people to come to the mountain. He wanted to speak to them directly and to speak with his voice and speak as face-to-face, as a man-to-a-man, just like he said he was speaking to Moses. That's what he wanted to do with us, and that's what he continues to want to do for us and with us. So I hope that this lesson, we realize that it's not the repentance that we think of disobeying God and coming back and disobeying him and coming back. What this is talking about is listening to God, finally listening to him and walking in his ways, letting him direct our lives. And yeah, there'll be hiccups along the way, but there he's going to be there to help guide us every step of the way if we will just listen to his voice and hearken unto him. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Sabbath School Gems. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, give us a rating, and spread the word to others. Comments and questions can be sent to us at sabbathschoolgems at gmail.com. Bye for now.